Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? I hope that you're doing great. Welcome to episode 108 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm Henico Watkiss Porto. Today's episode is with Holly Green, an experienced business leader and behavioral scientist. She has a rare combination of extensive academic training and in the trenches experience working in and leading organizations. She has also worked with elite performers, including the United States Navy SEALs, Top Gun fighter pilots, Olympic athletes, senior FNL referees, the FBI Leadership Academy, and two United States presidents. She has worked in senior leadership roles with global jams, including the Coca-Cola Company, Dell Computer, Deloitte LLP, and Base Hotels and Resorts. I'm excited for us to talk about implementing big business leadership in a small business. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial You Podcast, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, before we dive in, I have just a little question for you. What's the one thing you heard about Jamaica that surprises you? <laughs> oh, I've been there so many times. So oh, you I've, have. Oh, nice. oh, of course. Yes, it's beautiful. So I don't know if anything surprises me. Hmm. Well, that's good. I guess you have I a know. really open mind, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know I enjoy it. That's for sure. All right. Okay, cool. So many small businesses fail, right? Simply because of ineffective leadership. Yes. What has been your experience, your observation? There's no question the statistics tell the story, right? That uh, so many small businesses go under typically in their first year. And even small and mid-sized businesses go under during a time of significant transformation, whether that's driven through technology changes, customer changes, product changes. So, you know, success is no guaranteed of continued success. And there really are some key things that any size business, whether it's one person or whether it's 10,000 people can can use uh, to to help better the chance of ongoing success. Mm -hmm. and, and and what's what are some of those strategies? Well, you know, I think the number one thing that any business has got to do, again, no matter the size, is to get really clear on winning. So what is the definition of success? What is the win? And be able to articulate that with specificity. So in other words, you can be an organization that says, you know, we're going to be customer focused, you know, or we're going to be great at client service, or we're going to have the best product. You have to be much more clear than that. You have to be really, really specific on exactly what that means. What you're trying to do as the business owner is to minimize interpretation of the definition of success. You want everyone in the same race focused on the same things. And so any words that you use that could be interpreted differently, and unfortunately for adult humans, that's most words, you need to think about it at a level 
I always tell people the easiest way to think about it is like a fly on the wall could see it so clear that it can't be interpreted in multiple ways. You know, in other words, we say we're going to be customer service oriented. What does that mean specifically? It means that we are going to respond within 24 hours. And I'm making these things up. Obviously, they could be very different depending on the business. But we're going to respond to all customer requests within 24 hours. We're going to empower our frontline uh, folks to make key decisions up to $100. We're going to XYZ. What specifically does it mean in behavioral terms so that everyone is really clear on the race that you're running. Mm-hmm. So in getting this clarity, of course, you talk about a little about the uh, definition and what it means and stuff, but how do we really get clarity? Now, we're thinking about a startup engineer, perhaps, who is at the very busy stage, ideation stage, trying to get things together and get all the team members on board and get the funding and get all of those things that are associated with having a startup how do you at that process, in that process, get the clarity that is needed so that you have that buy-in of the vision from mm-hmm. other person that you'll be bringing on board? That's a great question. And I think one of the key things that you have to do is really be able to pull out of your head. Think about one year from now, what does it look like when we've been insanely successful and be able to articulate that. So, you know, when you're, and I work with a lot of organizations trying to help them write their business plans, create their, you know, investment presentations, et cetera, to be able to define it so other people can see it, so that they understand the race, so that they are bought into What does it look like when you're winning at the end? Not 10 years from now, it's much too far out. Not five years from now, much too far out. You know, the world is changing so fast. But really looking at that 12 to 18 months with specificity. Now, if you're truly in the startup phase, you need to have the five and 10 year kind of key bigger objectives or milestones or goalposts, if you will. But to be able to define in the next year with specificity, here's what it looks like. We have acquired X percent of this market. We've delivered Y in product at a price point of this with a profitability margin of that. We've engaged with these partners or alliances. We've, you know, built on these relationships we had previously with customers, et cetera. Very, very specific. That is what brings it to life for other people and makes it real so that they trust and are willing to invest in you. Not only maybe invest dollars in your business plan, but invest their time if they're an employee, invest their career. Mm-hmm. So it's this specificity that most people truly struggle with. They know it in their head, but pulling it out and documenting it so that you can articulate it with everyone, that's the real opportunity. All right. So you have worked with some of the, you know, the largest, larger companies around the world and you've worked with even United States presidents. So against the backdrop of a business, you know, look at looking at all those experiences that you've had with those companies working with presidents and so on. And we're looking now at a startup entrepreneur. What is that one undergirding uh, traits, regardless of size that needs to happen outside of clarity, of course? the ability to communicate Mm. so you it cannot be a secret in your head (laughs) so many entrepreneurs are amazing they're brilliant they have an incredible idea but it's mostly secret and to get everyone in the same race you have to be you have to be an amazing communicator 
you have to be able to constantly communicate exactly what that win is and keep people inspired to be in the race with you. Think about and just imagine for a moment, you know, if you had a soccer team, for instance, uh, and we weren't clear on the rules and we didn't know what winning was and the players just took the field and they all did what they were, they thought they were supposed to do, but they weren't in sync. They didn't know. How many of us would watch that? Hmm. Not very many. We, we, we are winners at our core. It is our deepest instinct as an adult human is to win. And so getting clear on what the game is, the boundaries, the rules, the end goal, and really playing to that underlying trait or instinct in the adult human is insanely powerful. To do that, you must be an excellent communicator. Absolutely, absolutely. No, of course, we can imagine that or assume that intellectual, your intellectual quotient may be a play a factor into you starting a business or whatever it is that you're pursuing in life. Um, and so it's usually said that intellectual quotient IQ will get you through the door or through whatever, um, to whatever point that you want to go. But it's your emotional quotient that is going to keep you in the game. And then we can even take it further that whilst you're in the game with EQ, it's your, I, it's your SQ rather, your spiritual intelligence that will keep you winning at what you're doing. Now, talk to us about those three and the role that it plays in leadership. Well, we've got good data around uh, a lot of this. So we do know or are fairly certain that most executives fail 80% of the time because of a low EQ. Um, and so when we begin to tease apart, uh, and by the way, we're not even sure what IQ really means. It's kind of a made up notion. There's no real way to measure it. So it's, it's a funny thing that we base so many things on that for so long in history. But EQ, we have studied pretty um, in depth and can start to tease apart, you know, what are the components of that? And the first and most important for any leader, and I think especially for an entrepreneur, is is self-awareness. What am I great at? What are my triggers or hot buttons? What frustrates me? What do I get passionate about? You know, all of those things, being very aware. What is my style? What influences me? What do I, what data do I find credible? Really understanding every aspect of ourselves as much as is possible, uh, and certainly there's some magic to that, there's also a lot of science to it. How do I get really clear on understanding what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that, why I feel strongly about things, and being able to manage that self-awareness, that the energy levels um, is insanely powerful. And as an entrepreneur, unlike in big bureaucracies, an entrepreneur is truly the center of the universe of his or her company. You know, everything revolves around that person. All of the energy of everyone in the organization, um, whether it's one other person and whether it's only five clients, whatever it is, it really revolves around that entrepreneur and what they bring. And so the self-awareness is unquestionably a place to start. And then you have to continue developing, you know, your stress management and all of the other aspects of EQ that are so crucial. And self-awareness being this big thing. Now, let's talk a little bit about that, because sometimes you can be self-aware and you're aware of what you're feeling, right? And feeling not just what you are experiencing in terms of your emotions, but 
feeling in terms of the energy that you are picking up from others, you know, those around you, it could be your team members, it could be anybody in your sphere of, you know, influence. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you know when to trust your gut and to trust whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment of self-awareness? Starts at the beginning. So you have to think about what you're thinking about. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's pretty important. Most people don't know how to do that. Okay. So um, getting in touch with how you feel, why you feel, what's frustrating you, what led you to that, what data do you have? So we use a lot of tools to help people explore that uh, primary of which is called the ladder of inference. It explains how we go from data to behavior and along the way form all of the mental models we have around the world. We call them bubbles. Mental models include everything from biases, stereotypes, opinions, industry regulations, you know, all of the things that influence our thinking and why and how. It includes understanding your strengths and your weaknesses as well because none of us are perfect creatures. And then being able to self-regulate right? Being in control of our emotions. So understanding what drove us to our decision, our behaviors, our emotions, and then having some self-regulation. And so you've got to be able to control your emotions. I call it, and especially when we start talking about going with our gut or our instinct, our instinct is not always right. It just simply isn't. So how do we trust and verify? Because it's sometimes right, and it's sometimes right because we're picking up on subtle cues and clues and data pieces and prompts without even knowing what those are. That's a lot of what instinct is, is our ability to pick up on things without being able to put our thumb on exactly what it was we picked up on. So then how do we trust and verify? We're primarily emotional creatures. We're illogical. We're irrational. You know, if you just step back and think about it for a minute, there's no question we are, right? We'll buy a lottery ticket when there's a one in 300 million chance of winning, but we think we're not going to be the one in four person who has a car accident because we're texting while driving. Ah, you know, we're very, Yeah, for real. That, when you say it that way. <laughs> oh, we're completely illogical animals. You know, think about it for just a minute, right? Our feet smell, our nose runs, you know, uh, we park on driveways, we drive on parkways. There's, there's all sorts of things about us that really don't make a lot of sense. And so we tend to be emotional and then we justify We justify through data or objectivity. So when we can learn to be in touch with our thinking and think about what we're thinking about, it gives us this ability to trust and verify, to go back through what got us to where we are. Why do we have this instinct? Why do we think this is the right thing? And to put our, our thumb on it, if you will, and get a little clearer on what led us to it. And then to say, okay, could there be other data? Could my customer or client think of it differently? Could my investors have a different view? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? The two re- two words that are so crucial, what if? Mm-hmm. To really prompt us to get in touch with what's underneath. When we do that, we are so much more powerful in our behavior and our actions. I like to say that whenever I'm going through or feeling a particular way, I try to peel back like, a, you know, an, an onion. You know, how am I feeling? I check in with myself. How am I yep. feeling? You know, and when I decide how I'm feeling today, why am I feeling this way? When that came up, why did that let me feel that way? And, you know, until I get to the core, because if I don't do that, I become even more irrational as a human being, right. you know? <laughs> That's right. And Absolutely. it just builds. It just builds. And, and that building can be for good or for bad. So. Yeah. 
you know, we have, we, we don't, I never recommend to people we're overly optimistic. That doesn't serve us well either. It's that balancing act that's so hard to achieve for most of us to really be able to think about what we're thinking about, to examine our feelings, to get in touch with what's driving us um, and what's motivating ourselves and therefore what we could probably leverage to motivate others. Um, that's, that serves us so very well. But again, we're not creatures that instinctually go for that balance. Mm-hmm. So you've worked with, uh, we talked about the different businesses and, you know, levels of persons that you've worked with, but in terms of their uh, professions, right? Mm-hmm. What has been your experience, you know, working with all these different professionals, an athlete, for example, versus a company leader? What's the difference in personality traits generally when it comes on to leadership and their leadership styles? Well, so there's a couple of things. I'm not even, I don't know that it relates to personality as much as such as um, some of the other underlying competencies. So the difference between people who are elite, whether it's military elite, uh, athlete elite, musician elite, um, the difference is discipline and focus, mm-hmm. um, clarity of excellence. You know, I, there's not an athlete that doesn't know what it means to win in their sport. They're crystal clear crystal clear on what they want to achieve, how fast they want to run, how high they want to jump, whatever it is, crystal Mm -hmm. clear. We don't have that clarity at work most days. And that clarity is a a lot of what drives the discipline to stay focused, to do the things that need to be done and to not waste our time on the things that don't. And so we start off behind already. At work, we just run fast and we just do and we react and we do and we react Instead of slowing down just enough to get crystal clear on the win first so that everything we do can be compared against that win. Is this worth my time? Is it worth the energy of others? Is this the right thing to focus on? But because we don't have that ability or that decision criteria about the win first, our decisions are not the best. You know, uh, when I think about it, there is just so much that sports can teach us. It's such a metaphor for life. Now, as we are going to be boiling down and wrapping up our conversation soon, perhaps you can share with us, Holly, just some of those lessons. You you know, you've talked about some already, touched on some already, but just go a little deeper. Some of the lessons that sports perhaps can teach us about leadership, even as we are, as entrepreneurs, implementing, um, you know, leadership into small businesses? The first thing I often tell my entrepreneurs is, first of all, think of yourself as an elite athlete, an elite performer, right? Begin to think of yourself that way. This is your shot. You're on stage every day. You've got the opportunity to be incredible. You have the most important tool you need to do that. That's your brain. That's what the premier and every sector rely on more than everything else. So you've got that same thing. Use it well, Use it well. Be planful. Be clear. Know what your win is. Compel others to want to be in the race with you by talking about it, by articulating well what it means, and 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 be able to communicate that with passion. We're all very attracted to that. You know, we another piece of us being illogical. Think about what we spend on professional sports and watching it, etc. It really doesn't make any sense. But we're very driven to winning. Use that to your advantage as a business owner, as a business leader. So get clear, get disciplined, 
and be able to make decisions moment to moment that drive you and your organization closer to winning every day. Use that as your standard for what you do and don't do. Mm-hmm. So it's about really deciding that you're going, because I believe everything is a decision. So it's about yep. deciding that you are going to make this change. You're deciding that you're going to win and winning perhaps may mean that you don't get that customer that you're going after, but at least you were able to submit a contract. You were able to submit a proposal rather to that, you know, and it could take you closer to winning. So it's making that decision minute by minute, moment by moment to win. Yes. Right, because what do, you know, winners in, let's go back to sports, they don't win every single game. They don't win every time. What do they do? They go back, they practice the right things, and they go after it again. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep going at it. Keep, you know, sharpening the saw. Keep doing everything that is necessary to win at life, to win in business. You know, big business leadership isn't just for big business. It is for small business as well, because you don't get to manage a big business by poor leadership. Well, there's a few that snuck through, but mostly. <laughs> Generally, right? Right. But And, and even then, it, they're going to be showing up. It's going to be showing up. As, as they say in Jamaica, the higher the monkey climb, the more it exposes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yes. yes. Right. So uh, we've been talking, my people from us, with Holly Green. There is not one episode that we could spend time on. Like we could go on and on talking about this topic, talking about leadership, because it's such a broad topic. But we're just talking about, you know, just trying to narrow it down for you today as we look at big business leadership in small businesses. So I've been having a great time. And I know Holly wants to share some information with us. I want to hear from you, your contact information, Holly, as well as any giveaway that you have for our peak performers who are tuned into you right now. Uh, Yes, please visit our website. There are a lot of free tools and uh, free resources there. So first off, please go and take advantage of that. Um, And the website is thehumanfactor.biz, B-I-Z. So thehumanfactor.biz, go into the store. Again, a lot of free resources. Additionally, I'm happy to share with the listeners our strategic agility overview. It is the process we use with global giants like Google, all the way to my startup organizations. And so in it, you will find our basic overview of how do we become strategically agile? How do we get clear on the win and then measure what matters and move towards that win every day? So if you will go to our website and uh, sign up there, that if you go into like the newsletter section, sign up there and tell me you want the strategic agility overview, we will get that out to you right away. Thank you so much, Holly, for spending time with me today on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Thank you for having me. My peak performers, thank you for tuning in to this episode with Holly Green. I so look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, I know that I have information that can cause you to level up. Yeah, you want to level up, right? So LeaderCast, the largest one-day leadership event in the world, is happening at the Nutswood Court Hotel in Kingston on May 10. LeaderCast Kingston will bring experts such as Gail King, yes, Gail King, and Andy Stanley to help you master the art and science of developing and leading healthy teams. The theme 
for LeaderCast this year is Leading Healthy Teams. Get your tickets off for at 20%. Visit HennekaWatkinsPorter.com and book your spot now. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win. Prepare to win and expect to win. What good?